Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Well, howdy there, Internet people. It's Bo again. So today... We are going to uh, talk about long-term prospects for Russia when we're talking about the geopolitical situation. We've we've covered Ukraine a lot, and we've talked about how that's going for them. And we've referenced how, uh, how it impacts things in the big game, in that big international poker game where everybody's cheating. But we haven't really gone into what it means long-term for Russia. So that's what we're going to uh, talk about today. There are a number of things that factor into this. A whole lot of them are directly related to the miscalculation that Russia engaged in when it decided to invade Ukraine. Um, that's lost on the geopolitical scene, that's lost. Okay, now, even if you're somebody who believes that Russia is going to pull a rabbit out of their hat and take the country and then somehow manage to hold it, um, remember, taking and holding aren't the same thing. Even if you're somebody who believes that's going to happen, on the geopolitical scene, the big game, that war was already lost. It displayed Russian military weakness it displayed, uh, it made it very clear that Russia's military power is a lot less than what it was perceived to be. Um, so that has to factor into any, any assessment of their long-term prospects. Okay. Um, the goal of this little stunt was to basically say, I'm back, baby, and Eastern Europe is mine. That was the goal. The, the large geopolitical goal was to exert Russian influence and serve as a warning to other countries. That didn't work. In fact, the opposite happened. Um, you know, Finland and Sweden are entering the first stages of looking into joining NATO. I'm talking about it openly. Rather than convince nations not to join NATO, it's pushing them to do so. So that weakens Russia's stance in Europe. Every country that aligns more closely with NATO undermines Russia in that big game. Um it created economic and diplomatic penalties that will last a really, really long time. Russia is going to be suffering from this decision for a while. Um, it also undermined Putin's desire to uh, reassert Russia to glory, 
like the USSR. Um, it it really destroyed that dream. Um, there's there's not a lot of countries that are going to look to Russia to protect it from NATO when it's very clear that Russia can't stand up to NATO. It undermined that idea of Russia Russia having satellites again. Um, and then the the fifth one, I, somebody's going to say that it's early to call this, and it is. Um, but I'm, I think it's going to happen. I, I believe that this is actually hastening Europe's switch away from dirty energy, which hurts the Russian economy. Um, it's early for that, I'll admit that, but I'm, I think that's going to happen. Okay, so that is all direct fallout from Putin's decision to invade Ukraine. Then there are issues that existed prior to that. The first being a lot of income inequality in, in Russia. That's always bad for a country. The West should pay attention to that. Um, there's a massive amount of corruption, which is in large part what led to what we saw in Ukraine. They have bad demographics. Their population is shrinking. It's not growing. Their population is getting smaller. And then, regardless of the switch... Um, away from dirty energy that, that might have been hastened by by the invasion, that was going to happen. And dirty energy is a huge part of Russia's economy. So that's also, that was going to happen regardless. I just think it's going to happen faster now. So with all of this taken into account, what are Russia's options for the future? The first thing they need to do is accept that they're not going to be back in the USSR. Um, those days are done. Those days are done. And Putin, in many ways, made sure they won't come back. His, his dream of restoring Russia to world superpower status was cut short by him. So, option one they could just accept being second fiddle to China and join an alliance with China at the center rather than Russia. China being the economic and military superpower and China protecting Russia. I don't know that their nationalism is going to allow them to do that. Um, in the big game, that's actually the smart move. Um, but Russian nationalism is something else. There, there's actually nothing wrong with being the UK in NATO. Okay? And that's what they would be. But Russia feels it has to be the US. It has to be the, the military force of the alliance. And that's just not going to be the case anytime soon. So, another option, and when I say this one, I want to be super clear about the way I say it. 
I am not talking about the U.S. doing this or the West doing this. I am talking about Russians doing this. Um, the, the penalties and the fallout associated with Putin's decision would weigh less heavily on Russia if Russia decided to shake the rat from off its neck and no longer have Putin and his cronies in charge. Um, that would uh, put them in a situation where they could start to modernize and and start to become that world power again. A third option, a little bit of an unconventional one, they could stop looking to Europe and look south. Turn their imperialist ambitions on the former Soviet republics on the southern side of their borders. Um, I'm not saying that's a good thing. I'm saying it's an option for them. And if they were to do that, they might be able to reassert themselves on the world stage. And then there's the fourth option, the one that I actually think is most likely, sadly, and that's that they adopt an isolationist stance and just kind of accept that the people on the bottom in that country are going to be in worse and worse conditions while the people at the top, they'll still be all right, but they adopt that isolationist stance bide their time, wait for a moment when they can reemerge, and and they basically become North Korea. Those are the four futures that Russians have to choose from. Um, I, I would hope that they realize that their current geopolitical strategy is something out of the 1900s, the early 1900s, and then it just doesn't fit in today's world, and they modernize. But I haven't seen any signs that that's what they're going to do. But Russia has to accept at this point, for at least the next 20 or 30 years, they're not going to be the military center of an alliance. They aren't going to be one of the poles in the multipolar world that that gets established. They will... They'll always be overshadowed by China now. And NATO is not going to look at Russia and consider it a... a, They're certainly not going to consider it a peer. Um, They're not going to consider it a near peer. They're, They're a relatively a relatively weak military that happens to have nuclear weapons at this point. Um, and, and that's how they're going to be viewed. The sooner Russia accepts this reality, the better it's going to be for everybody, Russians included. The more stable the world will become, the less fighting there will be, the sooner Russia can attempt to modernize and get back on its feet. This fight that it picked has set Russia back on the geopolitical stage a lot. And they're they're going to end up paying for it for a very, very long time. 
And it is 100% Putin's fault. Anyway, it's just a thought. Y'all have a good day.